You're listening to Once, episode 240, Her Handsome Hero, Initial Reactions. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Aaron, And we're happy to have you joining us. Our show notes for this episode will be at oncepodcast.com slash 240 in case you want to check that out, follow along, or share this episode. But let's get into discussing this episode. First off, I think this is the first time they've ever replaced the flashbacks. Did you notice that? I mean, like not the flashbacks, but the the previously on Once Upon a Time part. No, they recast Gaston, and oh, really? so yeah, and so in the in the previously on Once Upon a Time parts, the scenes they showed were of the new Gaston, not the old one. Remember back when we saw the episode Skin Deep, we joked about his slurring of his words. She belongs to me. <laughs> But in here, he has clear enunciation, good diction. It's definitely a different actor that they cast to play this part of Gaston. And and that's fine. But I thought it was interesting that they replaced the previously on for the first time that I can remember. I think we've seen things on previously on that we haven't seen before. But this is the first time I think that they've replaced something. I didn't even notice. And the actor looked so familiar. Maybe I've seen him in something else that I didn't, it didn't even click that he wasn't the same actor. I actually wondered if they had recast Belle's dad because he looked very different in the set, like this, the ending scene, but he looked the same in the beginning. So I don't know if he was just wearing a different outfit and it didn't suit him as well or something. Yeah, it's the same guy playing her father, Mo French. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of him. I'm still not after this episode. <laughs> Never have been. Yeah, and I'm even less of a fan of Gaston in this episode as well. He, you know, he was playing his cards right for a while. He was almost tricking her and uh, and she was falling for it. But thankfully for magic, you know, she found out what he was really up to. Yeah, and after all that, she still decided to make the diplomatic choice of proceeding with marrying him. She never went through with the wedding because she was only engaged to him when Rumpelstiltskin took Belle. It made me think of when Rumpelstiltskin said earlier in this episode, in the heat of the moment, you do whatever it takes, because that's what she had to do to save her kingdom. So even though she knew what she was getting into at that point, she that's what Belle would do for sure. And that's what she did when she pushed Gaston into the sea, or what we now know as the River of Souls empties into the sea. And do you think that was intentional or kind of accidental that she pushed him in? I I think it was accidental. I'm not a huge fan of the Belle Rumpel storyline, but I don't think Belle would ever do something like that on purpose. Right. And the expression on her face afterward also seemed like, what have I done? Uh, That's not what I meant to do. Yeah. And she, you know, Belle is one of these characters that I I rant about a lot, but she was, I even have written in my notes, like I'm liking this version of Belle when she, you know, she's being all snarky with Rumpelstiltskin in a way 
that we haven't really seen very much from her, but she's managed to do like a 180 back by the end, all the way to being crying in his arms. Like it's just, she, she's the one who just can't seem to walk away from that relationship, even though she knows exactly where it's going to lead her now. And Rumpel even said to her, Belle, you can trust me. And I write as when he said that I wrote in my notes, Nope. <laughs> and then sure enough, less than a minute later, nope, she <laughs> could not trust him. But then here she is at the end of the episode, trusting him and giving him back the dagger, not keeping it so that she can control him. It's it, it's a little odd. It seems a little inconsistent with her character to me, but to I guess the dagger back. Uh, no, to to be okay with all of this. I mean, I get that she's committed to Rumpel. She married the man. It's, he is her husband. But for her to say, yeah, you were right. I did love, essentially, she was saying, I love the beast too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I do wonder if his kind of portrayal of darkness and light is maybe starting to to get into her head a bit. So at the beginning when she was saying she wants to turn the darkness into light and he basically said the darkness and light depends on your point of view and then he was kind of taunting her when she wanted him to use magic to open or or to quote can you magic this locker open (laughs) he was saying oh well you know using magic to steal somebody's property that's bad you know why are we doing that and that might have played with her mind a little bit like and called into question her morals just because he's very he's right in what he's saying i mean using magic to open a locker is just as wrong as using it you know for some other evil purpose it's i mean on a smaller scale what's it gonna hurt it's not like it's killing another human being but it is still something that you shouldn't do um you shouldn't steal things and um i wonder if she's maybe I'm starting to realize that the world is not as black and white as she has painted it because she's one of the characters that's been very black and white and good and bad. And if this show has shown us anything, it's that the answer is not often that easy. Right. And they explore that more and more and we'll continue to explore that for the rest of the series for as long as the series goes on, whether that be six seasons or as Kitsis and Horowitz recently said, they'd like to see it go until at least seven seasons because they want to outlive Lost. Uh, There is some new news on that. Not that we definitely will get a seventh season, but just they kind of want it to outlive Lost. They know how they want to end it and they want to take their time getting there. So they'll deal with these issues as well as dealing with issues of hope, which we'll get into in a minute. But you know what grows flowers in our otherwise hopeless world? You know what gives us hope? You know what makes a blossom in our lives and for the podcast? Our wonderful heroes. Thank you very much for supporting this episode of the podcast. We couldn't do this without you. So for this episode, special thanks to our heroes, Lisa Slack, David Newland, DJ Firewolf, and Tappenbird. And we also have 28 heroes on Patreon. Thank you very much for your kind support of the podcast. They do give us hope. They make flowers grow when you wouldn't think flowers could grow there. They give us what we need in order to be able to do the podcast, cover the expenses for running the server, paying for the plugins that we have to renew on a regular basis to keep the website running and keep it running smoothly. They cover the cost of things like 
purchasing the episodes from iTunes. We do everything legal and above board, so we purchase the episodes from iTunes, and that's how we can get our sound clips, our screenshots, and rewatch the episodes and more. And we couldn't do that without you. So thank you very much for supporting the podcast. Now, if you would like to be a hero, we now have great bonuses for you. Like we put out the episodes in their unedited form in case you like to watch us make mistakes in our raw form recording the podcast. You can watch those. We post the spoilers early so you can listen to those before the rest of the podcast is published with the spoilers at the end of the podcast. And you get to hear our bloopers as a special bloopers clip and it is a showcase of all of our mistakes and i gotta tell you this last week's bloopers clip was hilarious i was laughing a lot while editing it and some really funny things happening and we tried something different with the editing too and it worked really well and i was having a lot of fun just editing it because it was so funny you've got to check them out so if you would like to become a hero for the podcast as well and get access to this exclusive stuff and support the podcast then please go to oncepodcast.com slash heroes that's where you can sign up uh, the best thing to do is really sign up with patreon and it can be an amount any amount per month like a dollar per month or five dollars per month or ten dollars twenty dollars fifty a hundred whatever you would like to give there that's at oncepodcast.com slash hero and then when you support us through patreon you get access to all of that bonus content also on oncepodcast.com slash hero are the links to other ways you can support the podcast if you're interested in that so check out your options over there at oncepodcast.com slash hero and thank you for your support so hope is growing in underbrook not storybrook i keep wanting to call it storybrook especially since did you notice some of the signs said storybrook I didn't notice that, but everything everything else is the same, so yeah. it kind of makes sense. Makes sense. What what else would they call it? Even though Regina joked that it's Underbrook, and we call it Underbrook sometimes too, it's still labeled Storybrook, and I guess that's a nice yeah. production thing. They don't have to reprint all of their signs. I actually had a thought about that a couple of weeks ago that I don't think I shared about why Storybrook is the underworld, and I just kind of talked about how Storybrooke was basically created to be hell to those people, even though they didn't know that they were living there. So it kind of makes sense that that's where everyone goes now. Like the land of perpetual, the sameness, everything was always the same every day. And they didn't even know that they were trapped in this land without time moving. And that was my thought. I was a little conflicted with some of the stuff that we saw with Hades in this episode, because in the last episode, that's where we learned that Hades created Underbrook to look like Storybrook so that Zelina could have her own version of the curse. And in the last episode, there was all that beautiful dialogue and he was saying, it's our decay, nothing can grow here and it all decays and that kind of stuff. And it sounded kind of like, well, if they fall in love and get to be together then the Underbrook would turn into a beautiful place where stuff won't decay, but stuff will grow and it will be beautiful and it will be Zelina's own little copy of Storybrook. But in this episode, we got to see something growing and Hades despised that and he wanted to snuff out the light. And he was thrilled when that symbol of hope, the flower, then decayed in front of him when Gaston died. Yeah, and I mean, was that just one flower that died because Gaston fell into the pond? Or, I mean, it's just, 
it seems like there's way more souls there than Gaston. And if they're if the presence of our heroes being there is truly offering them hope to move on and that hope is taking root, not all the flowers would be dying. But he sent Zelina more than one, didn't he? A bouquet or was it just one? In a- it was just the one. I oh, think okay. it was that actual one that he plucked. Okay. Which- so hopefully there are still flowers, meaning there's still hope. <laughs> Hopefully there are, yes. Hopefully, yes. But what a way to try and be romantic is, hey, here's the symbol of hopelessness. It's a token of my love. (laughs) Um, Thanks. And Zelita actually seemed to appreciate it. So we know where that couple's uh, hanging out. Yeah. Uh, The white flower reminded me a lot of, um, and even, even Hades' speeches about hope reminded me of the Hunger Games uh, because President Snow in the Hunger Games is obsessed with white roses and he leaves them often as little symbols that he's been somewhere kind of as like a silent threat. And then he also has this whole, the the reason why the Hunger Games is even happening is to kind of give enough hope to the people that they kind of still abide by his rules, but don't give them too much hope. Otherwise they might rebel against him. And so that's kind of the whole theme of that trilogy and um he's he's said some pretty profound things about a population filled with hope and so Hades reminded me a lot of him when he was talking about hope taking root and that he doesn't want the souls to have hope to move on yeah and speaking of moving on what is ruby doing in underbrook i would like to know that too i am sure we will find out next week since that is how the episode ended So do you think she's dead? I don't specifically remember what her... I I remember that we last saw her kind of with Merida and that her and Mulan took off, but I don't remember what they were going to do specifically. So I don't know if it was something risky or if they were just hanging out. I think Ruby and Mulan were off on an adventure and... Ruby had said some stuff like, I really need to kind of like find myself or that kind of thing. I don't think that she's dead because it was that twister that brought her. So I think she is yet another person who is alive and brought into the underworld somehow. Oh, I, I hope she's not dead. So I'll, I'll go with that theory. That's a good one. <laughs> and it, it would be kind of sad, really, if if it is that she is actually dead and she needs to move on. Because she's been such a great character for Once Upon a Time, a recurring role. And she was there in season one, had some very significant parts to play in the storyline of Once Upon a Time. And I don't want to think of Red as being dead. Red, dead, dead, red. I don't like that thought. Dead is dead, dead too, not just kind of dead like Hook. Right. Yeah, she she was such an important character in season one and in season two A. And then she kind of went to Forgotten Character Island for a while. And I know the actress booked another show and was doing other work and stuff. I'm not sure what, what she's doing now. So if it is a case of her being unavailable, I would prefer that they wrap up her storyline in a way that she is ending up dead 
than to just put her on Forgotten Character Island to like be back for a scene where she stands in a group of people for four seconds and then goes back to Forgotten Character Island. Perhaps that's what they're doing or perhaps she's going to be a bigger part of the show again. I would be fine with either one as long as they do it in a way that respects how pivotal she's been in the series. Right. And I think she could be pivotal to maybe defeating Hades in some way. I would hope so, because otherwise to see her in Underbrook just doesn't make sense. Do you think she knows why she's there? Like, do you think she knew that this was happening somehow and went to help them? Or do you think that she just ended up there coincidentally? I think it's probably going to be a coincidence that she ended up there. It could be something like she'll say, oh, yeah, Mulan and I were often exploring the world and experimenting with magic, or we found this weird tornado or got sucked up in it, and I ended up here, and I don't know where Mulan ended up, and or something. I, I don't know. But she's there. I think she's probably there by accident. Do you think she's there alone? If she got sucked into some kind of a portal tornado... She probably is. If she was with Mulan at that time, do you think they could both be there? I would doubt Mulan would be there. I, I really question why even bring Ruby into this. It's great to see Ruby. So please don't misunderstand that. I am happy that Ruby can be part of the show because she's been there since season one. But I do really question why is she here? Why is she here for the story and uh, as as Doxon in the chat room mentioned, maybe her ex-boyfriend will be here in the underworld and they can reconcile and she can Gus, say, oh, sorry, I had you for dinner, bro. <laughs> oh, that boyfriend. Yeah. I ate my boyfriend, as she said. Oh, now I'm going to be disappointed if he's not there. There'll be a can of dog food on a shelf somewhere. In fact, we might have seen him there in the Storybrooke pet shelter where Gaston was working. He was one of those cans of food somewhere. Yep, I think so. What were your thoughts on Emma's dream? That complicates things, certainly. Because for one, it complicates Ruby's arrival. But also it complicates Emma and... So she saw the future, not a complete future, because she only saw that the animal seemed to attack Snow, and right. it might not have been attacking, it might have been going in for a really big hug. But everything she dreamed did come to pass in the same way. So I'm wondering, is she able to see the future in some way, or is there something else bigger going on here that gave her that vision. Yeah, because I think they brushed it off pretty quickly as, oh, you're just having like whatever mommy issues or just issues or lack of confidence or whatever. And I loved, I laughed so hard when she's like trying to find something to lean on to be like, I don't have any issues. Just, <laughs> I'm fine. Um, she just, she did such a good job playing like guilty teenager. But yeah, like you said, everything in the dream until she changed it, until Emma consciously changed the turn of events by saying to run instead of letting Snow go out like she had in the dream. So everything else was exactly how she had dreamt it. 
And that's pretty significant and not just because she has mommy issues or issues, guilt issues. Yeah. This episode, I think, raised a lot of questions. And we would love for you to give us your theories on these questions. So please uh, let us know your theories and thoughts on this episode. All of our contact information is on the website and in the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 240. When you go there, also please click on the sharing buttons to share this episode out on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, and everywhere else too. So it would be a great way that you can give back to the podcast, even without it costing anything. It's really the best way that you can help the podcast grow is by sharing it with others. I was exchanging some tweets with someone recently who was saying that all of their coworkers are sick of their talking about Once Upon a Time, and they come to the podcast and they're thrilled to discover that people love it and discuss it as much as they do. And we're pretty sure you're like that too. But try and get some of your other friends watching the show and listening to the podcast, and we'd be very grateful for that. So all of those links and our contact information to send us your thoughts and theories are in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 240. There are a couple announcements that you need to know about. One is we do have the finale date now, and it is Sunday, May 15th, and It will start at 7 p.m. or 6 central. So make sure that you have your DVR set to record the full two hours and it will be starting an hour earlier than usual. I'm really looking forward to the finale party that we'll have in the greater Cincinnati area. We're still trying to figure out a venue for that, but we'll have more details about that on the website and send it out to our email list, tweet it, all of that good stuff. So that's on Sunday, May 15th. It'd be great if you could join us for the finale in Cincinnati, but even if not, get ready to enjoy that two-hour season finale. The other thing is that next week, that is the week of April 17th, our podcast schedule will probably be a bit different and there might be some other things that will be very different about that week depending on how things work out because I and my wife are going to Las Vegas and San Diego that week. I'll be participating in a couple conferences out there and we'll see what we can work out. We're trying to figure that out. So if we're not online or live at the same usual times, definitely keep an eye on our Twitter account at Once Podcast, as well as look at the website, oncepodcast.com slash live to see when that countdown says we'll next be live or when the schedule says we'll next be live. And we'll try to be sure to let you know as soon as possible, especially through Twitter at Once Podcast. Please connect with us on Twitter as well individually. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Aaron, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. Please go to the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 240 to share this episode with your family, friends, everyone that you know, and send us your feedback for our upcoming full discussion where we'll dig into this in much more greater detail. And until next time, remember, one walk couldn't hurt anyone. And thanks for listening. One's podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcast make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. 
Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be one of them too and keep the podcast going, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. You get access to all kinds of cool, exclusive, and really funny stuff. Go over there to oncepodcast.com slash hero and thank you for your support.